I'm Anna. I'm Riley. This is Ill-Advised Stories. Written by my dad. It's my dad too! <laughs> Can we have our allowance now? The fastest kid alive. It was my brother's fault. Yeah, maybe I was being dumb, but honestly, I thought it would work. And it was Joey who convinced me. I suppose if you're going to blame anyone, though, it'd be The Flash. You know, the superhero. I'd never read comics before. I didn't read much of anything. Words and focus were tough, what with my dyslexia and ADD. We were out getting haircuts. It was my dad, my brother, and me, alongside a bunch of other people waiting in the little barber shop. With how crowded it was, we were forced to sit on top of the radiator until a spot opened up. Not a seat with one of the barbers, I would never be in a hurry for that, but one of the comfortable padded chairs near the magazine rack. Next, a barber called. There was a pause while everyone looked for the lucky contestant. The tension broke when the guy who'd been there the longest stood up. This was my moment. I bounced off the radiator with Joey right behind me. He nearly ran me down trying to get to the vacant seat. But if there was one thing I had over my big brother, it was being fast. But I haven't gotten to show it much on account of my asthma. Yeah, I've got that too. As I landed in the chair, I took the time to point out that Joey was too slow. The seat was still warm from the last person. Joey may have let me have the spot if I hadn't opened my mouth. He grabbed my arm, twisting it, trying to pull me out. It's mine! I was here first, I yelled, loud enough for the whole barbershop to hear. Hey, knock it off! There's room enough for both of you, my father shouted. Dad didn't get up, but his tone let us know things weren't going to go well for us if we didn't quiet down. I slid over far enough for Joey to sit. It was tight and uncomfortable, but it was still better than the radiator. Joey leaned over me, going through the pile of magazines while I tried to look around his arm at the three barber chairs, trying to guess the order they were finishing in. There were two old men and a younger one. You were always better off getting the young guy. He didn't cut your hair like you were a reject from a lost era. I knew when it came time I'd have to beat my brother to him. That was the real race. I needed to win or I'd be at risk of getting Mr. Zingo. I'd even take the other old guy, Marv the Mumbler, if I had to, rather than go to Zingo. I never understood what Marv was saying, but my dad told me to nod my head and smile anyway, which is terrible advice. I mean, come on, I'm not going to move a muscle while scissors are by my ear. At least the Mumbler was fast, but he was my dad's favorite. Zingo was the closest to the wall. His name was on the shop door. His hand shook when he cut my hair, and I'm pretty sure he was blind. His eyes were watery and pale. He had cut my dad's hair when he was a kid, and he cut my grandfather's too. My grandfather is dead, by the way, and has been for a while, which meant Mr. Zingo was so old that he made the wheel look like a new idea. There were eight customers in the barber shop, three currently getting cut and the rest sitting, or in my dad's case, half leaning on the radiator. The young barber, Nick, had just finished one, and the next customer was already sitting down. That was the one that led to the chair that me and my brother fought over. I tried looking around the room, seeing who would go where when it was their turn. It was complex math, with too many moving parts to the equation. Haircut speed, conversation length, line placement, and barber choice. Too complicated for me to figure. All I knew was that I didn't want to get stuck with Mr. Shaky Hands again. Last time, I'd held perfectly still, like a statue, and he still managed to nip my ear. This time, he might take the whole thing off. I looked at the door. If Mr. Zingo came up and it was my turn, I'd have to make it past my dad to escape. I'm not sure where I'd go from there. I'd probably have to start a new life or something. But it was better than having no ear. 
I know what you're thinking. Why wouldn't I just talk to my dad about it? Ha, you're funny. See, my dad wasn't much of a listener. He worked long hours doing construction and spent a lot of time tired. You didn't bother him with stuff like this. My brother found what he was looking for on the magazine rack, the stack of comics. They probably hadn't been changed since my dad was a kid. They were torn up and a few were missing covers. My brother, who read fast, had gone through them all before. He had comics at home, but he never let me look at them. He didn't trust me. Like I said, I didn't read very much, or at all, but the colors on the books caught my attention. I picked one up with a certain red-suited superhero. He was facing off against a gorilla. It's hard for something like that not to get your attention. I flipped through the pictures, making up my own story, though it was hard to hold the comic with my brother so close. You know who that is, right? He asked. My eyes scanned the page, looking for the red guy's name. It's the Flash. Obviously. No, I meant the gorilla. That's Grodd. See how he's got the Flash all chained up and he's super smart? But he doesn't know what the Flash can do. You mean run fast? You know, like me? I said. I was officially the fastest kid in second grade. Maybe the fastest in the whole school. Though I hadn't gotten any of the fifth graders to race me yet. But I was faster than my brother and that was his grade. It didn't take a genius level gorilla to figure out that if he could beat anyone in his class and I could beat him, then it would make me the fastest overall. Yeah, you're real fast. Fast to go into the hospital, Joey sneered. That may have sounded like a threat, but it wasn't. My brother was remembering the day I took the title for fourth through first grade. It was a few weeks ago, and yes, he was right. It had ended with me going to the hospital. It was right at the beginning of school, when the weather was still pretty warm out. At recess, a bunch of fourth graders were lined up at the backstop of the baseball field, getting ready to race. As my brother would put it, I butted in. I, of course, asked them first before joining. They said no and told me to get lost. I wasn't okay with that answer. So when they called ready, set, go, I jumped right in next to them. They had a pretty good lead, but it didn't matter. I was that quick. I blazed past them. Hey, what are you doing? One of them shouted. Winning, I called. I gave it my all, going straight across the parking lot, touching the back wall of the school, feeling how warm the bricks were after baking in the sun all day. I was breathing hard, just like you'd expect, but my breathing refused to slow down. It was all I could do not to curl up in a ball. It hurt every time I inhaled. It wouldn't stop. We told you to get lost, the first kid to the wall said as he came up behind me. I smiled and shrugged. I wanted to say something smart, but when I opened my mouth, I couldn't get enough air to talk. My chest was tight, and I still couldn't slow down my breathing. I was walking in circles, getting dizzy. If you've ever tried staying underwater too long, then you might have some idea how this feels. It's not the pain that bothers you, it's the panic, because it doesn't seem like it's ever going to end. I'm not sure what happened next. It's a little fuzzy, but I remember going to the nurse's office, and I remember the ambulance showing up and being put on a stretcher. They put a mask on my face and told me they were going to give me some medicine. They said it'd make me feel funny. I barely noticed them putting a needle in my arm, though I remember clearly when they took it out. That was after my parents came to the hospital. They gave me the medicine three more times through the mask, and I eventually saw what they meant about making you feel funny. It gave me the shakes and made my whole body feel twitchy. The same thing happened with the inhaler they sent home with me. I was supposed to take it before I exercised, like in gym class. The only problem was that sometimes in gym you weren't really doing much. Batminton may have been fun, but it wasn't like running. 
Still, I took the medicine because I never wanted another one of those attacks again. But every time I did, I'd get that shaky feeling. Try hitting anything with a racket when it feels like your whole body is trembling. The only time I didn't mind was when I was running. Somehow, when you're going for speed, the medicine doesn't feel as bad. Almost like your body burns it off. I started thinking of the inhaler as my own personal jet fuel. The gym teacher had us do a mile as part of some national test, and of course I was the first one done. When he looked down at his stopwatch, all he could say was, Wow. Did I beat my brother, I asked? Joey's class had gym earlier in the day. I can't tell you that, the PE teacher said, but he gave me a wink as he walked away. Again, I should have kept my mouth shut, but that's a bit of a problem for me. I've been challenging Joey every day since. So what else can the Flash do? I asked my brother. I noticed how from one page to the next, the Flash had escaped the brain-erasing contraption Grodd had in it. He seemed to go right through the machine. Joey pointed to the image, at how blurry the Flash was. Well, the Flash can move so fast, he can pass right through solid objects. Cool, right? Wow, I said, wondering how fast you'd have to go for that. One of the barber chairs opened up. It was Mumbles, but it wasn't my dad's turn yet. The guy to the left of us got up and took the spot. Wait, how would he get going when he's all chained up? What do you mean? Joey asked. Well, it takes me a few steps to get up to speed. No, it doesn't work that way. He vibrates, shaking himself right down to the very parts that make him up. You mean his atoms, I asked? Sure, my brother said. He seemed surprised that I knew what an atom was. I may not have been much of a reader, but I really like science. I'd memorized a ton of constellations and knew most of the dinosaurs. My favorite thing to watch on TV was space documentaries. I was thinking about the way my inhaler made me feel. Was that what was happening when I took it? Did the medicine make my atoms vibrate? You think someone could actually do that, I asked? I don't know, maybe. Why, you want to try? There's no way it would work, I said, but I was still staring at the comic. They had to get the idea from somewhere, my brother said, shrugging. Look, why don't you try reading it? It's a good story. I flipped back to the beginning. Like I said, I wasn't the best at reading, so I never tried. It's not like I didn't know how to, though, but I read so painfully slow. Picture watching a movie, even your favorite movie, at half the speed. You tell me if you'd be able to concentrate. The nice thing about the comic was that it had pictures. Somehow, combining the two made it easier for me to focus on the story. I saw how the Flash not only vibrated himself out of the machine, but managed to go straight through a brick wall. You could get out of anywhere or anything if you could do that. My hand went to the inhaler in my pocket as I started thinking. An idea was building. That's why I didn't notice Christopher, the young barber, open up. My brother saw it, though. Joey jumped up. He didn't even wait for Christopher to finish sweeping. Hey, how you been, big guy? He said to Joey. I didn't hear what my brother said in response, because the equation had gotten simpler now. I looked to the guy to my right and realized my brother had skipped him. Joey had broken the order. This was an inconceivable betrayal of barbershop protocol. Hey, it wasn't his turn, I called out. Everyone in the shop looked at me. What? my dad asked. He skipped this guy. My father's face turned red as he asked. I'm sorry, sir, is that true? It's fine, the guy said, waving his hand, though he didn't look happy. Joey, get out of that seat, my dad said. Joey got up, glaring at me. He took the open chair in the waiting area where the guy he'd skipped had been sitting. I didn't do it on purpose, he explained to my dad. I know, my dad said. But I didn't believe him. Joey didn't want to get stuck with Zingo any more than I did. He was just as attached to his ears. I leaned over to him and said real quiet, I know you're lying, 
What? Joey asked. You're lying. You wanted to get the middle guy so you don't get stuck with you-know-who, I whispered. Go back to your comic book. Joey crossed his arms. I wasn't ready to drop it yet. I'm not going to do it again. No way. It's your turn. Here's your chance to prove who's faster then. All you got to do is beat me to that seat, Joey said. I put the comic book down and sat forward, waiting. I watched Mr. Mumbles finish. My dad got up and went to the seat. I think he could sense something was up with my brother and me because he gave us a strange look. As soon as my dad sat down, I snuck the inhaler out of my pocket and took a puff. I looked around the room to see if anyone noticed, then I took another puff. Rocket fuel, I thought. It wasn't long before I started to feel the shaking. Like I said, Mumbles was fast. My dad was almost done by the time I noticed Mr. Zingo taking out his little hand broom. He was wiping the guy's neck in his chair. Zingo would be looking for someone else soon, not the middle guy, not Christopher. I hadn't figured this in my equation. What happens now, I wondered, feeling my hands tremble. That was the moment my brother proved to me that he still had a lot to teach me. That reading comic books had vastly improved his intellect. He did something that could only be described as a Lex Luthor level of evil. He saw what I saw. Zingo was opening. At that moment, my brother called to my dad. Hey, I'm going to go use the bathroom, okay? Okay, my dad nodded. It was one of many nods since he was listening to Mr. Mumbles. I looked at my brother with my mouth hanging open. He got up, heading towards the back of the shop. He smiled, knowing he bested me. My whole body was shaking, and I touched my ears, wondering how I'd look when one of them went missing. Joey disappeared. I knew he'd be gone for a while. What to do, what to do, I worried. Here's the other thing about the medicine. It's got another side effect. Maybe it's just because your heart is racing, or maybe it's the med doing it to you. But if you're already anxious about something, the inhaler makes things seem so much worse. I looked at the door, then looked at my dad, just as Mr. Zingo said, Okay, young man, it looks like it's your turn. I stared at the barber with those pale eyes. He motioned to his open seat and held the scissors in the air. I pictured them dripping my blood. Go ahead, Ben, get in the chair, my dad said over his shoulder. I stood up, stared at Mr. Zingo. My whole body was shaking like a live wire. At that moment, a number of people were at the door. There was the guy who'd just gotten his hair cut by Zingo. Surprisingly, he still had his ears. And there were two more people coming in. The door was open as they passed each other. I'd miss my family, I'm sure. And it wouldn't be the easiest thing finding a new place to live. But at least I'd still be able to hear. It was time. I ran for it. I put one foot in front of the other, heading for the open door, feeling my whole body vibrate. The only problem was that the door didn't stay open. The people coming and going had stepped away. I heard the bell ring as the door slammed shut in front of me. My brain was moving fast, thoughts coming at lightning speed. If it works for the flash, why not me? I'll vibrate right through it. That's what I thought anyway, right before I slammed full speed into the door. (coughs) So a lot of things happened very quickly from here. Some of them I wasn't completely present for. I should first start by describing the door that I honestly thought I was going to pass through. It was glass. Now I know what you're thinking, a glass door. He probably broke it and got away like they do in the movies. That's not what happened. There was a metal bar about halfway down the door. It was there so you could pull it open. It wasn't very thick metal, but it still did an amazing job of stopping my head. A lot of people in the barbershop didn't actually see it happen. I was moving fast enough for that and my dad only saw it in the mirror, though all he really saw was the top of my head going full speed into a piece of metal. Zingo, by the way, didn't see any of it. 
Like I said, he was blind. Should we call an ambulance? I heard someone say. I was just waking up. The whole barbershop was a little fuzzy. No, I'll take him, my dad said. What happened? I asked as my eyes flickered open, looking up at his face. Good question. I could tell dad really wanted an answer. Um, well, I read a comic book, front to back. It was pretty good, too, I said. And even though I'd done something really dumb, I still had a little pride in my voice. My dad shook his head. Good job, kid, he said, picking me up from the ground. I may not have been as fast as the Flash, but maybe I could get there if I kept reading. Hi guys! I know you're probably disappointed that the kids weren't part of the story. I am too, and I'm the one who wrote it. I hope you still enjoyed it though, because this story goes into a few things that are important to me. I was very much this kid growing up. I had asthma, and I had dyslexia, and comic books were how I learned to love reading. Reading is one of those things that becomes a habit if you do it often enough. I'm still a very slow reader, but I've gone through all sorts of books now. Work manuals for the fire department, classic novels, nonfiction about space and science, and my college books. But it all started with developing a reading habit with guys like Batman and the X-Men. Exercise took me a little longer, but that's a habit too now, mostly. Anyway, if you struggle at something because you're a little different, don't get discouraged. There's no one right way to do anything, including reading. So find something you like and climb into a story. Next month's Illavi story is inspired by one of those classic novels, The Lord of the Rings. I always wondered what happened to the evil army after their dark lord was defeated. Don't worry if you don't know what I'm talking about, or if you don't know what a hobbit is. As always, the music for this podcast was provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.